The Louisville Cardinals securing bowl eligibility on Thursday night after defeating the Duke Blue Devils 62-22 at Wallace Wade Stadium behind a huge performance from quarterback Malik Cunningham. We'll have all about that game, his performance, and more on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville. Your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back in to a special episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. I want to say thank you first for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast, free on all streaming services and YouTube now, five days a week, your team every day. It's not Wednesday, and partly that's my fault, um, but we do, however, have our weekly special guest back joining us on the show, Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Woman 55 what's going on, man? Sorry, I'm just checking my phone. I think Louisville just scored again. I'm not sure. I think it kind of feels like Probably. it. Probably. It's a little weird, man. I'm, I'm used to being on Wednesdays, and it's not Wednesday. So, but it is a win day, so I'm good. That is very true. The Cardinals securing bowl eligibility against the Duke Blue Devils 62 to 22, a huge performance, like we mentioned from quarterback Malik Cunningham, over 500 yards uh, just from him alone. We'll talk about his performance in this game and his stellar season uh, as a whole, transitioning over to what bowl eligibility truly means for the cards and how it pertains to the overall success of the season. And then finally, we will get into the aspect of, is this team turning the corner? We'll answer that question here in just a second. Before we get into the content of today's show, um, you can follow my Twitter page at the handle below. If you can't see it, then uh, it's at defense underscore 55. Do us a favor before we get started. Plug us into your social media. It's at Jeremy underscore CSC. The website's at Card Sport Zone. Yes, sir. So let's get let's get right on into it. Malik Cunningham, um, it came out after the game. Now, we kind of had the assumptions based upon some reports where he was throwing up um, on the sidelines. He, he just kind of looked uh, visibly dejected health-wise. Uh, Malik Cunningham battling the flu, as were a couple different Cardinals in this game. So, you know, definitely trademarking the Malik Cunningham flu game. Couldn't have played a better game, 18 for 25, passing 303 yards, five touchdowns. That was just through the air. Cunningham had 224 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, um, in the rushing category, seven overall for those who are not good at basic math. Um, Jeremy, i got to be honest. I, I feel like um, the national media is not giving Malik Cunningham the, the credit he deserves. I get that Louisville's only six and five, but is, is that something that you're kind of picking up on as well? And just kind of talk about what you, what you saw from Malik tonight and how special was it? Well, it was very special. What I will say, though, is I've said this all along. The national media has given Scott Satterfield – Louisville Malik uh, from from week two when everybody in the city of Louisville was calling for everybody's heads. The national media was being nicer. They were being more uh, understanding, more rational. So um, I haven't really seen that national media bias yet. And of course, if you don't put up the stats, they can't really talk about you. Well, the last few weeks, Malik's went into overdrive and, and it was special, especially tonight watching him make throws he's not been able to make 
all year, watching him like look at his progressions on the field, something he struggled with early in the season. Uh, and then just, man, the fact that he was like three yards short of having that record, uh, they put him in for, for that last drive. I feel like somebody on that sideline knew that oh, he was three, uh, three yards short, so they should put him in. But, no, man, I'm, I have said this all season long, and I've got audio proof of it. All you got to do is go to any of your favorite podcast uh, sites, type in Cardinal Sports Zone, look at it. We have progressed almost every single game this year. I'm happy. Of course, what have I said? To get to six and six, you got to win six, you got to lose six. Well, we've won the six. Hopefully, we don't lose the six, but that was everybody's worst case scenario for the season before the season was well, six and six in a bowl game. Well, we're here right now. We're at your worst case scenario. We can finish with as many as eight wins. We could not win another game. We could lose our last two games. But right now, we're sitting exactly where everybody thought we would be at this point in time in the season. Yeah, and you know, speaking about, uh, we'll definitely touch a lot on that in the last sure. segment. Um, how how that kind of, and I guess the second segment as well. But you know, as it pertains to Cunningham, um, you know, I mentioned uh, a couple times in mid conversation, and you know, just on this show in general, and that's the fact that. I feel like Malik kind of uh, got the short end of the stick to begin with because anyone who was going to come in and be the guy after Lamar Jackson, the expectations were going to be unrealistically through the roof. I mean, you're talking about a guy, Malik, I mean, he's second in program history in touchdowns responsible for now passing the greatest quarterback in program history in Chris Redmond. I... I mean, it feels like every week it's almost like you have to go to you know go to bat for Malik Cunningham just to prove you know how you know valuable he is. Um, I do want to ask you though because I had someone ask me and I, I truly don't know. I want to send it over to someone who's who's watched Cardinal football longer than I have. Um, if Malik Cunningham was to come back, which um, you know, I mean, you would think he would. I personally think he would, but um, definitely we'll see. Um, at the end of the day, a decision still has to be made. With him being up there in the statistical categories, is there even a chance he rises into an arguable top five ranking of Louisville quarterbacks all time? Now, that, that's very steep. I, I'm just asking this because looking at the statistical rankings, I know that the eye test is one of those things as well, but he he's pretty much every – I mean, he's up there in the passing yards, obviously in the rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. I mean, what more does he have to do to to get to that level? Is it a matter of the eye test or what? Um, and I'm right now. I'm looking at his stats, and this year is very, very comparable to his sophomore season. Well, it really is first year he played. There's a um, I don't. There's a sports reference. If you go to like Louisville passing um, leaders. It, it like literally compares all of their yards and stuff. And Malik is uh, he's top ten in passing yards right now. Obviously, he's like number two in rushing, um, number two in rushing touchdowns, number two in touchdowns responsible for. And that's the only reason like I pose this question because you know, it seems to me yes, you know he is very valuable, and anyone with a brain and two eyes that watches the games can notice that. But what are we talking here in terms of ceiling for Malik Cunningham is, is the question that I've been pondering, you know, all season long. And that's a great question. I think what we need to see, we, we saw an improvement from last year. He cut down on his turnovers. 
His decision making is a little better, but he's still, for me to be able to put him in my top five, he's got to improve next year and be able to read his progressions. Throw, he's still missing. Like he had three. He had three some tonight. Tonight, yeah, three tonight that he missed, and he even had one that he could little pass out to the flat to Cooley that he he Cooley caught it, but. I almost said Lamar, but Malik didn't put any touch on it. So it was literally Cooley had to turn around and catch a dart when it shouldn't have had to been that difficult. So, uh, I mean, just the improvement, like, gosh, man, that's just difficult because it is. It, well, the thing about it is, is there's no like set list. Like it's always, you know, a, a, a subject, a subjective thing, so to speak. So, I mean, you, you have to consider, I, I, you know, Lamar, um, Chris Redman, Brian Brom, um, Unitas. Who is the fifth one? Is it, who? Who's that for I you? I don't count Unitas because I honestly don't and think so. No, it's not a slight. I mean, it is a slight him, but like back then, the game was Playing just styles so, different. Were so different. Yeah, the game was just so different. And like, okay, so let's let's take out let's take out Unitas. Let's replace him with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, who gets that last spot? Is it Dave Ragone? Is it Stephon Lafours? Is it someone else? So. So the, the top four are Lamar, Chris, Teddy, and who? Um, why am I drawing a blank? I don't know. Because yeah. see, that's that's another. Yeah, you know what? I I'll, I'll put Malik at number five because actually number four th- that would be between Ragon, Lafours, uh, uh, Brian Brom was the other one. Brian Brom, yeah. I mean, he was he was he was good here, but he didn't. He didn't play his, you know, the whole four seasons. I mean, he, he did play some of the four seasons. But, like, Brom, you know, I, I, I put Malik over Brom. That's, I mean, that's the one thing, you know, people will, people will give you flack for it because, you know, it, it's illegal to touch the quote-unquote um, golden era of Cardinal football. Um, you know, that people will associate that that success to Brom's success. And, I mean, albeit that that's, that's true, but also – you know, Malik brings that rushing um, ability to it. And, I mean, that, that's just something that, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see if Malik does come back, how close he gets and how many records he breaks. But I uh, want to take this time to transition over into um, the fact that the cards are now bowl eligible after game 11. I want to talk about, um, you know, what exactly that means in terms of the overall success levels for this season right after we talk about the title sponsor of the show, McDonald's. Um, this episode of Locked On was brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. And I know for myself, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. I know for me on uh, long road trips, we I'd either use the restroom there at night um, or early morning, um, an Egg McMuffin slash sausage, sausage McMuffin and a hash brown is an undefeated combo. Absolutely love those. And it's the place you, you know, you know, whether win or lose, teammates can come, competitors, the home team, away team can come to recharge their batteries. So, I mean, I feel like the beauty of McDonald's is the fact that everyone has a different representation of what it stands for in their lives. So do yourself a favor, head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect um, with whether it be the food, the experience, the atmosphere, the service. I'm loving it. And I know you should too. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So transitioning right over into the bowl eligibility aspect of the episode. Um, the, the main question I want to ask is because, like you, like you mentioned before the um, recording, Twitter's toxic. It's turning into a place where reason is falling by the wayside. Um, and like you mentioned a little bit just a second ago, bowl eligibility was the expectation. My question to you now is, are we okay with calling this a successful season considering how close Louisville is to, you know, prospectively being 9-2, and 8-3, or does do the cards need to win, you know, a game or two to get to seven or eight wins? Are you satisfied with six wins in year three under Scott Satterfield considering all the circumstances? Okay, first off, I want to clarify, I was just joking about Brian Brom, um, obviously one of the greats, and uh, – Oh, yeah. Barring what Malik does this next year, I could put him up there in that fifth spot, but, you know, that'd be a tough battle. But, of course. Man. Okay, so here's where this is difficult because after all we went through last year, all the struggles we went through this year, six and six does feel like a successful, uh, sorry, six and five does feel like a successful season Right. right now. But what if we lose the, the last two games? That's that's. There's so many moving parts. We're sitting at six and seven. But let's just say we win those two games, um, or we split, and we're sitting here at seven and six at the end of the year instead. Is that successful? Well, yeah. But I mean, the hardcore fan wants doesn't just want to have the minimum. They want to. And I think we all want to do that. And we took a couple steps back when when BP 2.0 came. You know, when he left, not when he got here, we, were, we we did well when he first got here, and then that just kind of materialized into a dumpster fire by the end of his second tenure. But I think we should all be patient, and we made a bowl. Now, next year, and here's the thing, and I don't want to get too much into this today because we'll Being talk about patient? This. What's that? Right. We're going to talk about this in depth Saturday on our, on the Cardinal Sports I'm excited Zone. to be back, by the way. It's been way too long, um. Oh, I've got a soundbite for your your return too. So, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, an opening theme song, if you will. But uh, we're, uh, again, we're going to talk about this a lot. Right. Set had a, a losing season last year, and he started off not so well this year. And everybody just was off of his head, ready to done. Mm-hmm. Well, then a funny thing happened. He won just enough to to tread water. Now, all these people that, that were like, good. Louisville's down. I've got several tweets bookmarked that I'm ready to put out at the end of the season where people are like, this team ain't going to win three games this year. This team ain't going to win four games this year. Well, here's what's going to happen. All y'all that were, were peeing and moaning uh, at the beginning of the season, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get what you wanted ultimately because right. we're going to win. We're going to win eight games, seven, eight games this year. Our strength of schedule next year is not the greatest. So we're going to win double-digit games next year. And then instead of us firing Scott, he's going to leave us for a job that's going to appreciate him when we haven't appreciated him. 
because for some reason, and I know Twitter is a very, very, very small part of the fan base uh, when you look at it overall. Like, but we, it's magnified. It feels like, you know. We feel like it's a lot bigger. That's what I was going to say. We feel like right. it's a lot bigger because we're on Twitter all day, every day, and we see non-crappy posts in one good post. And then when people like me post something positive or good, it's like, well, here's positive poly over here. It's yeah. the best and everything. And it's like, yes, Damon, I do see the best and everything because I played Division One football while you were w- working on high school jobs. And like when you were, I was, I was up there working out. I was up there training. I know what it takes. And I know the patience it takes. And I know that these days, Nobody has it because they want overnight success, and we're not gonna we're not gonna get overnight success. But here's what I hope ultimately. Like I know there's there is a there is there is a good alternative out there for us that that is interested in being here, and that's all I will say about that. But I would love to give. I've told everybody from day one. Last year didn't feel like our full season because of COVID and everything going on. Everybody was affected differently. Okay, that's fine. But this what he did he did he was ACC coach of the year his first year. COVID year last year. Now he has a, right. Now he has a chance to to win eight games and then next year win ten more, like what what do you want? And because of the way that the that Twitter, who unfortunately, even though it's the smallest in numbers, they can directly at him and connect with him. Oh, you suck. You need to go back to, to Boone and all that stuff. He's gonna, he's not going to hear us. He's going to see the negativity, uh-huh. and he's going to leave. And then we're going to be like, we can't never get a coach to stay here. We're always a stepping stone job. Yes, because we don't. Ron Cooper, another great example. Yes, we had a 1-10 in 10 season my freshman year. But the year before I, the year before I got here, we went to a bowl. Yeah, they they fired Coop after after that one in ten season, and that's when Chris Redman, sophomore, junior, senior year, we went to bowls. It's about patience, and that's something for some reason. Even being a low, I mean, when back in the eighties, we were the cupcake Prairie View A and M team that everybody called up to get you know give us money. One of the reasons why we have so many nice facilities because we had so many football payday checks, and. uh and we've forgotten that. And I think we need to remember that a little bit because if we don't, we're going to run every coach out of town that we yeah. can. Yeah. And th- this Sorry is where I long winded there. Yeah, I'm very this is where, no, you're fine. I, I think you're right now. I love to, um, to add on to that because I, I find that's where my frustration comes. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've been uber positive all year long. I mean, I've, I've been frustrated. You've been frustrated. I mean, we wouldn't be, you know, where we are right now, you know, being fans, if we weren't frustrated when the team, you know, when, when the team can play better, put it that way. Right, right. And I, I don't get Louisville fans because you say you're a diehard Louisville fan, but you can't be a diehard Louisville fan if you are not necessarily openly rooting, but secretly rooting for your team to lose because it will mean us, you know, the head coach is, is fired. And, but, and, I get frustrated because, you know, Louisville has won these past two games, and albeit it's one of them is against the worst team in the ACC, but, I mean, they look good against Syracuse, and I'm not saying, you know, they shouldn't have won, you know, three more games on this on the schedule, but oh, sure. I, I, you can't have cake have your cake and eat it too. 
is what I'm trying to get at. You can't, you know, sit here and say, oh, I want Louisville to win seven, eight games and then also say, well, I don't want Scott Satterfield because I don't think he's cut out for this job. Well, if he wins seven to eight games, he's cut out for this job. I, you know, I, I personally think he is. I, I'm not on the fire sat train. Have I been frustrated with him and his staff at a couple times this year? Sure. But, I mean, that's every fan base. Every fan base is going to have those. So, I mean, but there's a difference between being frustrated and then saying, okay, um, close up shop because some adversity hit. Next year has the potential to be very, very successful. We have the potential to bring back all 11 starters on offense and including a majority of the starters on defense. So... And as I mentioned, our schedule's not super tough. Yeah, I mean, you're, we're playing a lot of the same teams, but those teams lose a lot. And I, I where I've been mindset-wise, I'm like, okay, let's judge where this program is at after next year. Because next year, if we're not winning next year, now there that's a, probably a different discussion to be had because there's a lot you know coming into play. But I want to focus on these past two games and kind of the, the last, last half of the schedule and ask the question, is Louisville – turning the corner I think that question's a little bit misleading I'll, I'll get to that here in a second right after we talk about our friends at bet online we're back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season along with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-22 campaign. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. I also want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, I, I promise you, I keep telling you all, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but for me, it doesn't taste like one. Because when I think of a protein bar, I'm thinking of chalky, sometimes waxy, uh, and oftentimes even just plain hard to choke down. But a Built Bar is soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's like a like a candy bar in essence. It's more of an experience. But get this, Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, high in protein. So you get all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing is the amount of flavors that they have. There's a huge variety from coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, which is my favorite, by the way, double chocolate, and more. This month only, Built is coming up with new limited-time flavors, three to four every three to four days. So check the website out often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So we're heading into the final segment of the show with Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Wallman on this, what do you call it, Wednesday? W-I-N-S Wednesday. When, yeah, Wednesday. Well, I'm in Wednesday, so to speak. But uh, I want to focus, Jeremy, on these last couple games that we've had for the cards because I, I, I've seen, I've seen this five times last night where people tweet. I'm not, you know, I'm not bashing them. I'm, I'm just bringing this up for discussion. I, I saw people tweeting, Louisville has finally turned the corner, and I, I got to be honest. I thought to myself, I, I don't, I don't buy that. I, I feel like they've been progressively getting better as the season has got on. But there's been no turning of a corner. I think Syracuse was just 
better execution on all fronts. That's what we've been looking for. Maybe you can say, quote unquote, turning a corner in the execution realm, but I I don't believe in that. Is that kind of where your head's at as well? I see you kind of nodding uh, preliminarily. First, that's not a word. Second off. Preliminarily? I don't know. That's 100% a word. I don't believe it is, but it doesn't matter because we're not here for uh, Sean to correct our English. Uh, Secondly, uh, do you realize that next year we have South Florida, Central Florida, and James Madison? I don't know where we're playing James Madison next year. It's part of our Preliminarily, it's a word. Go ahead. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. No, I mean, you know as well as I do, what I've been preaching the whole season on the podcast is that there's been progression every game, even though it hadn't translated into wins and most of uh, it. And it's and, frustrating. But. It's, yeah, and it's frustrating. But, no, uh, there were, we got better every game, and now we're at the point where all systems are go. We're hitting on all cylinders. So I don't call that the turning point because it's something we've been building up progressively, uh, preliminarily, the whole season to get to. Uh, no, but, no, I don't think we turned the corner. I think we are building – Around the we are we are building the foundation and we're continuing. And finally, to build. got over. We finally we were finally able to scale the fence, so to speak. Yes, we got we got over the hump, but we haven't turned the corner because we've been going full speed around this corner the whole time. That is very true. Now it's just a matter of slowing down and not going off the road as you, as you turn the corner. <laughs> um, when I think of turning the corner, I, I look back to that 2017 season to where, you know, Lamar's last year in the with the program and we struggled in the middle half of that season ever since the big Clemson loss. But I feel like uh, the last three to four games of that season, like Virginia, Syracuse, Kentucky, like we played really well. Like we didn't punt the ball against Kentucky. That's turning the corner to me, you know, going from playing very bad to very good very quickly. Very. But, um, I yeah, like you mentioned, I think that uh, next year – it, the non-conference schedule definitely um, gets a little bit easier because you don't have a top 15 squad with a Heisman finalist on it. The first game of the season um, at UCF might be you know, a little bit more challenging than it was this year you know, with Gabriel back and everything, assuming. But um, I, I guess that's where I'm, I'm getting a little confused just because I feel like there, a lot of people are frustrated about the the three games the which we lost, which we probably should have, and I get it. But honestly, I I like to play the devil's advocate, and more so, I'm sort of glad that they were close games because it shows that this team is good. I mean, they're worth the damn. I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that you know this team should be six and five. They should not be. Now it doesn't shoulda, coulda, woulda. I mean, they're six and five. You, you can't debate wins and losses. But I I find a little bit of comfort in the fact that. Yeah, it's frustrating we've been losing these close games, but we've been in these close games. I think that really bodes well for next year. Absolutely, and this is going to be the, the – you know, we've had these seasons before where, as you mentioned with Lamar, where his sophomore – or his freshman season set up for his sophomore season and his sophomore season set up for his junior season, and uh, that's what the, – this year is a building block. And mm-hmm. because of the way that we have progressed and learned and grown this entire season – it's going to set us up to win 10 games next year. Yeah, I definitely get it. And that's a lot of people will – but but that's kind of where, like, my frustration with the fan base comes because it's like they're hell-bent on, okay, Scott can't be here next year. Well, why not? I mean – Well, and, and, of course, me and you are privy to information that's not 
yeah, public and, knowledge. Yeah, I mean that's but that's also changed because we said, well, because that's what we were told six games ago. Well, don't worry, Scott can lose the rest of the games. He's going to be here next year. Well, then we we hear something along the lines here recently that you know. Uh, or that he's not going to be here because we can't afford to pay him. But then we hear about some things that are about to pop off that'll give Louisville some more money. Now, here's where the monkey wrench has been thrown in the Sata Haters uh, crew. He's winning games, so now you're not going to fire him if, if he if he goes over 500 this year. You're just not you'd, above. You'd be, you'd be it'd be ludicrous. Yeah. Not the rapper, but. It would be it ludicrous. ludicrous. It would be Nas. It would be Kanye. It would be all it would well. be Kendrick Lamar. It would be Tupac. But no, I think you're right. And it, but I think that's where I'm trying to like deliver home with this point to to like you know the common fan you know that that doesn't kind of see things the way you and I do is the fact that why are you so hell bent on you, like the fact you are so set on not wanting him here that you are okay with the team losing. You know, having a losing record, and then you know next year you're wondering why you don't get certain recruits. I mean, you, it's just the hypocrisy for me. And I know that you know you can't please this fan base. Like I, I think one thing that I've realized ever since I, I, I stepped into that beat writer role for Cardinal Sports Zone is the fact that you, um, you can't please everyone, and you can't please the majority of people because. They will nitpick everything. Like Satterfield's comment on Monday, he said he's like, you know, um, he got asked a question specifically about Duke's role in his childhood. And he said, look, I went to every game between the age 7 and 12. Um, didn't really cheer for him, but we were just kind of there. And people took off with it. They're like, oh, he's already lobbying for the Duke position. I'm like, man, I get it. South Carolina stuff was frustrating, but man, you gotta. But why is that though? And, and maybe we'll go into that. But why is that frustrating? Bobby had a secret meeting with Tommy Tuberville in Nashville, I think it was. Uh, but we we forgave him. He met with LSU. He met with the Ra- Falcons, the the Raider. I mean, he met with about six different teams, and we just loved it. Would w- would fight for him to the death. Oh, wait a minute. It's because he had a 75% winning percentage here at Louisville during that time, so we were willing to forgive him. Let's give this guy a chance. I mean, I'm not I, – I do know the benefits of uh, candidate B, we'll call him. Of uh, course. I mean, there, there's no denying those. But we, we know that, still very that good. would work. Yeah, we know that that, that, that that would be a pretty good situation. But of course. we gave this guy the opportunity to come coach our program We've already ran out guys such as Ron Cooper, which to this day, oh, he's the uh, defensive analyst for Alabama. (laughs) You know, he left Louisville and didn't make – oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he did make something of himself. We ran him off. Uh, Now, John L. left for what he thought were greener pastures, no pun intended, up in Michigan State, but he came back. Everybody that that we have given up on has come back except for – Coach that shall not be named, even though he went on to to do stuff with Texas A and M and LSU. So it's like, and even I, like I was not the biggest fan of that guy at all. But I don't feel like he had enough yet. Like three years is not enough time to turn around a program, especially one that when 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 <clears throat> Coach Blank came in here, we had just lost like thirty players to 
transfer, uh, draft, graduation, and we went six and six that year, I believe. And then the next year we went five and seven, and then the next year we went like four and eight. Uh, but he didn't have enough time to get his guys in here and, and, to, and to do things his way. But I was kind of glad. He's the only coach in my lifetime that I am kind of glad we gave up on because he just didn't have any personality, no spark. When I well, hindsight's about, always twenty twenty. I mean, bringing in Charlie Strong, yeah, you obviously, uh, you know, who knows how long Charlie would have been at Florida before he was given a head coaching job. So, man, I was I, I, no disrespect to anybody else that's coached there, but I wish we could have made things work. Uh, with Coach Strong, of course. Uh, I wish things would have turned out differently with him, and you know he left because of some internal stuff, and you know that I, I'm fine with that. But yeah, I just like just be patient. That's you're ne- we're never gonna have the team. We're never gonna be Alabama. We're never gonna be Clemson. We can have Alabama and Clemson like years, but as long as we keep giving up on our coaches and team. Halfway through the season, we're going to be nothing more than uh, uh, UNC light. I agree. I definitely agree. And that's, I mean, that that's why, you know, like, I, I love talking um, football with you because, like, I those years of, you know, from – I was born in 98, so, you know, like, from the mid-90s to the mid-2000s, you know, for me, obviously, I don't know much about it, and it's always great to hear. Um, you know, exactly kind of, um, you know, the pieces that go into that. But uh, before we get out of here. Once again, that you can point out that my playing days were before you were born. So that is very true. What a boomer you are. uh. (laughs) Which one of these fingers do I want to give you? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one right there. Yeah. Um, But uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a couple quick shout outs first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. Ironically, um, the Newest episode will be recorded on Saturday, so be sure to check out that on the weekend at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, a quick shout-out to the Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Uh, You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. Uh, Before we get out of here, Jeremy, any parting thoughts? Um, Definitely plug the, the, the listeners into your social media one more time. Absolutely. Social media is at Jeremy underscore CSC. For the site, it's at Card Sport Zone on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, it's just Cardinal Sport Zone three words. On YouTube, it's Cardinal Sport Zone one word. We had some hacking that went on, so we had to uh, we had to change some things up. But uh, no, man. The only thing I can say is that just just be patient. I feel like you know things are going things are going to turn around. The recruiting, we've been getting some good commits here within the last few weeks. Uh, we're going to have a small class, so everybody's going to pull the whole, uh, you only got 12 recruits and you're ranked 79. underclassmen. Yeah. Well, we have 137,000 underclassmen. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yes, we're going to have 12, 13. We're going to have like, if I had to guess, we're going to have like six. We're going to have eight. New commits and eight transfers come in somewhere around that line. We're so, at nine minutes right now, I think. Are we at nine? Okay, yeah. we're putting nine and nine. I knew it was something. Which like I mean, the numbers are numbers are still fluctuating. There's could be guys that transfer out as well. You never know. Absolutely, especially in the NIL days. I I oh, expect wow. for people to be poached. Uh, you know, of a couple guys of, that aren't playing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. people don't want to wait their time anymore. I mean, 
just kind of is what it is. But I know uh, we went a little over, but like I say on the Cardinal Sports on podcast, we aren't what? We aren't, sorry. We are Uh, But also, go check out the fine photo galleries. Jeff Nunn's got a volleyball and a football gallery that's just fantastic. TJ shot probably the best men's basketball gallery he's ever shot here at Cardinal Sports Zone. Go, go look at those. Give them some love. Uh, my wife left me again, so I... Oh, gosh, here we go. She, she did. She left me. I, I'm aware. On Tuesday, she left me again, <laughs> so I'm single. If y'all want to dive in the DMs, just kidding. Unless you're interested. Uh, but definitely always a treat, Jeremy, for having you on. Definitely appreciate you. That's going to wrap up the last episode of this week. We'll be back on Monday talking about the Governor's Cup and the matchup with the team down the road. Everyone have a great weekend. Be safe, and we'll see you right back here on Monday. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.